0: father in heaven thank you father for today lord we thank you for this time together i thank you for the brothers and sisters lord we thank you for adopting us all into your family and lord we just pray that you would speak to us now from your word we pray that we would you would give us help us to understand lord what you would what you say in your word we thank you for the bible we thank you for revealing yourself to us in so many ways and lord we just we just praise you for how great thou art and Lord, we do think of Brother Mark. We pray you'd be with him in his travels. We, we pray you'd bless all the witness that he did there in Uganda. We pray for the, for the people there. We pray that you would save many, Lord. We thank you that you saved from every single country on the face of the earth. you you elect, you've chosen from all kindreds, tribes, tongues, and nations. And Lord, we just pray you'd bless the people in Uganda. And, and we, we thank you, Lord, that you've chosen the poor, rich in faith. And we just pray you'd bless them all there, and and we pray you'd bring Brother Mark back safe in Jesus' name, Amen. 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 All right, yeah. So I thought we'd look at in the Bible um, about covetousness. You know, talking about being poor and rich, and Jesus has warned us to beware of many different things. You know, He said, "Beware of false prophets, which come, you know, in sheep's clothing." Uh, beware of men he even said that beware of men because they'll deliver you up uh, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and of Herod you know all their doctrine and their hypocrisy beware of the scribes that love to go in their long robes you know but inwardly you know they're all for the outward show but then he also said to beware of covetousness and he knows our weakness he knows that we need to be on guard against these things and watch against all these different things and and you know the Bible has a lot to say about riches, about loving riches, um, the deceitfulness of riches, all sorts of stuff about covetousness. And you know the sin of covetousness is forbidden by the tenth commandment: "Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thy neighbor's wife, his maidservant, his manservant, his ox, his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's." You know, and so it's and. and covetousness the word covet means to desire wrongfully you lust mm-hmm. after something excessively something that's another's you're not entitled it's not god didn't give it to you he gave it to somebody else and it's not for you and, and so that word covet it can it's also translated lust and you know you can use it in a good sense right covet earnestly the best gifts you know but this we're talking about with the sin of covetousness of course this is evil desire this is you're desiring wrongfully And you're lusting after something excessively that you shouldn't and and you know this the tenth commandment you know like in romans where he says i didn't know um lust except or i didn't what is that verse uh, except the law had said thou shalt not covet you know and so it's that tenth commandment it it's not it's not it looks past the externals. It looks past our outward behavior, and it looks at our hearts, right? You could covet all day long, greedily all day long, just sitting in your house and not doing anything. But that covetous heart, it comes from the heart. And Jesus put his finger on that in Mark 7, where he said, all these things come from within. And one of the things he described was covetousness. It comes out of the heart of man. So, so turn to Luke chapter 12. Well, we'll see Jesus' warning about bewaring of covetousness in Luke chapter 12. And in verse 13, it says in Luke 12:13, And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And, you know, I think this is just a very plain statement. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things which he possesses. And yet, if you were to look at society, you would not see that. You would think, that's not how it is, because everybody thinks their life is all about how much possessions you have and mm-hmm. how rich you are and what you what you can know, uh, how much fun you can have here on earth in your in your short life that we have. And then he continues with a parable to uh, continue about this, and he spake a parable unto them, saying, "The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying," Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? And then verse 21. So so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And, you know, covetousness, it makes a man uh, treasure up for himself upon the earth things for which he has no need. You know, that's where the covetousness. is. So we all have needs. We all have needs of, of certain physical things, you know. Uh, even Jesus said, uh, your father knoweth that you have need of such things, you know, food and clothing. And we would also definitely include shelter, especially on cold nights like this. You know, man, we're not, we're not beasts of the forest. We don't live in, you know, we don't live in the woods. I um, mean, you can, but you build, you build little tents or huts or shelters or houses or apartments or whatever. But anyway, but, but all these necessities, we go way beyond that in the lusts of our heart, and our sinful nature, and we, we lay up things for which we have no need. And this, and this guy here, if you notice, he laid up treasure, in, in verse twenty one, layeth up treasure for himself. And all through here, he said, what shall I do? Because I have no room to bestow my fruits. This will I do. I'll pull down my barns. I'll bestow all my fruits and my goods. I'll say to my soul. You know, he's very selfish, and that's really it's the root of it. It's all I, me, myself, and I. And and selfishness is, you know, it's born in us. It's bred in us. It's in every one of us. And and it, it really, um, you know, so, so the Tenth Commandment is thou shalt not covet anything that's your neighbor's. You could say, well, this man, he wasn't coveting anything that was somebody else's. This was all his. Right. I mean, it was his, it. was God that blessed them. I mean, we don't we don't read anywhere that he did things dishonest to get all this money. To, you know, this was the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. God brought this money into his hand. But our riches that God gives to us, you know, obviously everything is God's. You know, he owns everything. But the riches and the money and all the talent, and the time and everything. It's not just for ourselves. You know, he gives us way more than our needs, for our needs. And the abundance that we do have is for our neighbor. It's for to help other people. And so when we live very selfish lives where we utilize every single thing that comes in, it's all for me. Now, now you're coveting what's another man, what's your neighbor? Now, uh, you know, like in Acts five, where uh, Peter told uh, Ananias, um, you know, he said, Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? You know, it is whatever you have that is yours to decide what to do with. But when we do selfishly covet it and greedily want to use it all for ourselves, that—that's sin. You know, God, we we want to work so we have to give to Him that needeth. And if we don't have that heart's desire to help someone else, but to just use it all for ourselves, it's because of our covet covetous heart. And, you know, I think the, you know, breaking the 10th commandment of thou shalt not covet, you won't find too many people that will confess to that, you know, because it's an inward sin. You can easily hide that from, from everybody, you know, but of course God sees our hearts. But it's, I think it's one of the sins that is very, is the least uh, confessed. So now, we don't have to confess our sins to others in the sense, you know, we go right to God with our confession. But certainly we should be all be, I mean, I know myself, I've coveted things all, you know, from, throughout my life you know the, the, this is the flesh you know and we and we have to be on guard against it you know and so we um we have to be uh, self-examination is always good and so uh, let's go to mark chapter 10. in mark chapter 10 we'll see that it's very difficult for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of god in mark chapter 10 i'll start reading in verse 17 Mark 10, 17, and when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is, God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother and he answered and said unto him master all these have i observed from my youth then jesus beholding him loved him and said unto him one thing thou lackest go thy way sell whatsoever thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me and he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked round about and saith unto his disciples, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answereth again and saith unto them, children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Jesus, looking upon them, saith, With men it's impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my sake, but he shall receive a hundredfold, now in this time, houses, and brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, with persecutions, and in the world to come, eternal life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last first. And so, you know, this, this this man that came to jesus he had great possessions and jesus put his finger right on his you know he, he thought he kept all the commandments put his finger right on it and said the one thing you lack you know go sell all that you got and give to the poor and then you'll have treasure in heaven and that that really grieved him that really made him sad because he was he had great possessions and he obviously had an issue with that and jesus knew his heart he knew that covetous heart and so he pointed it out to him in love it said jesus beholding him loved him and so it's in love that he that he that he wants us to give up our our desire for these earthly possessions, mm-hmm. you know. And and Jesus says it's it's very difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. So much so that it's impossible with men. Awesome. A camel to go through an eye of a an needle. And yeah. they have different ideas, you know, about it. But certainly, I think it's it's an impossibility. That's why they yeah. uh, Jesus said with men it's impossible. And I think that's the point of a camel going through the it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And so why is it so hard for rich for, for those that have riches? And and a lot of us, you know, when you go when you talk to people, people are very willing to, oh yeah, the rich, they're terrible. They're so greedy, you know, and these rich guys, they have so much money and they don't do anything with it. Everyone's very complaining about the rich. Everyone likes to to talk bad about the rich. Mm-hmm. But we all have riches. We all have well, we all have different portions. Right. You know now our, there are people that are you know completely down by the station tonight. There was a guy laying down in sleep, just covered up. You know he has hardly anything, obviously. But you know, billions of people in the world they have they have stuff. You know they all have different portions that God has assigned to each person. Jesus said, "The poor you'll always have with you." So there's always going to be a poor, rich, and everybody in between. But we all have to really examine our hearts. Of what is our relationship to our stuff? What is our relationship to our possessions? Would, are we grieved? Are we uh sad if we are we if we have to part with some of it, you know, and and how much trust are we putting into it? And that's where the difficulty lies. And that's what he said in verse twenty-four children, how hard is it for them? And he adds this, that trust enriches to enter into the kingdom of God. And this is this is where the difficulty is for a rich man or for, for if the, any of us that have this covetous heart is that riches are very deceitful. They, and that's what it says in Mark four, remember the on the thorny ground, yeah. it says that which um, the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word yeah. and it become unfruitful. And so the deceitfulness is they make you forget God. Yeah. You know, in Hosea chapter 13, There's a neat verse in Hosea 13, 6. Hosea chapter 13, verse 6. It says, uh, According to their pasture, so were they filled. They were filled, and their heart was exalted. Therefore have they forgotten me. Mm -hmm. And that's what, and that's what it does. You get so, and this is the language people use. I'm caught up. I got caught up with this and I'm, I'm consumed by that. And I have no time for this because I'm so busy with that. And and that's the way, that's what riches do. They deceive us into thinking it's so necessary. It's more important than the things of God. You know, And that's why we're laying up treasure for ourselves on earth rather than laying up treasures in heaven. And uh, the deceitfulness of riches also—they make you feel secure. I mean, we feel if we have money in the bank, ah, oh, that's security. You know, I got—that's what that guy said. He said, "I have many goods laid up for many years. Take thy ease, eat, drink, and be merry." He was very secure in these riches. And turn to Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18. Whereas for God's people, God is our security. Mm-hmm. And not not money. And Proverbs 18, 10 and 11 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. So the righteous, we run into the name of the Lord into like a strong tower. He's protecting us. He's our security. We're safe in him. But then verse 11, the rich man's wealth is his strong city and has a high wall in his own conceit. And so the rich man's wealth—that's what he's trusting, and he thinks that's where his protection is coming from. Now, it is true, and if you go to Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse twelve, it is true that money is a defense. God even acknowledges that in Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse twelve. It says in Ecclesiastes seven twelve, for wisdom is a defense, and money is a defense. Mm-hmm. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom gives life to them that have it. And that's what money can't buy, right? Right. Money can't buy you life. No matter how much money you have, that will not extend your life. You know, you can't live longer because you have a lot more money. Now you may say, well, I can spend more on health and uh, medical things, okay, well. But of course, all our times are in God's hands. And so the rich die just as well as the poor. And so, But money is a defense in this life. You know, you can use money uh, to uh, uh, help others, to even, you know, provide for your own needs. And so in in a sense, of course, money can be used very wisely. And that's why you, you have to have wisdom with money. In verse 11, it says, wisdom is good with an inheritance. You may get an inheritance and get all this money. You better have wisdom and able to use it right, you know. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom gives life. And that's what money can't do. And a covetous man, you know, as we examine ourselves, do I have a covetous heart? A covetous man, he puts his confidence in his money. And he gets his happiness from his money. If you look at Job 31, there's an interesting verse in Job 31, 24 and 25. And I think this really... When, when you say, okay, do I trust in rich? What does it mean to trust in Because we all use riches. We all use money, right? None of us um, don't have any interaction with money. We all have to handle money. But in Job 31, verse 24, Job here, he's he's you know pleading his integrity. And, and in verse 24 and 25, in Job 31, it says, If I have made gold my hope, or have said to the fine gold, Thou art my confidence... If I rejoiced because my wealth was great, and because mine hand had gotten much. And so those are the those are the words there. Gold, my hope, and fine gold, thou art my confidence, our hope and our confidence. And do we get our hope and our confidence from our money, from our possessions, from our earthly mm-hmm. earthly things? And you know, for many in the world, that's that's Everything is their wealth. Everything is what they have, and that's what in verse twenty-five. If I rejoice because my wealth was great, mm-hmm. what makes people so happy? You I mean you, you? If someone gets, let's say they weren't expecting it, and somebody gives you gives them a lot of money or whatever, right. oh, their face lights up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to make someone smile? Offer free them money. Money. Every yeah. single human on the face of the earth. You offer somebody free money. Hey, yeah, they'll be. Right. You know, it. Why is it that money makes us happy, right. and yet the things of God were just like take it or leave it? You know, it's 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 not right. You know, it's it's um, when we're in our sins, uh, it really comes out that covetous heart that we all that we all have. You know, and so, um, but let's yeah let's turn to First Timothy chapter six. We'll see that God even says that covetousness, the love of money is the root of all evil. It's a mother sin. It leads to all sorts all kinds of other sins. In 1st Timothy chapter 6. 1st Timothy 6 in verse 3, he's talking about those that teach uh, otherwise, they don't consent to wholesome words and and those are those of those that are proud, they don't know anything in verse 4, and then verse 5, it's perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness from such withdraw thyself but godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out and having food and raiment let us be there with content but they that will be rich and that word will they desire to be rich they want to be rich this is what they're they want to be rich they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things. You know, and so this is that's strong language, very, very strong language. language. Yeah. Love, money, it's the root, root of all, all evil. Yeah, right. I mean, he's not, God's telling us like it is, you know? Why do people commit adultery? Why do people steal? Why do people uh, kill, murder? Covetousness. They either want another man's wife, they either want another man's money, or they want they want another power. man's uh, yeah power or revenge or whatever. And, and you want what they have this covetousness breaks all the other commandments, you know, and you can you go down that line of thinking and you can see how that covetous heart will cause you to break all other nine commandments and and, and the love of money. it's It's the root and so of all evil and it's interesting how people all of us we we know that we the world will say even non-Christians, they will say it's wrong to be greedy. You know that's not nice. That that's that's immoral. You know, and, and it's 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 wrong to uh, uh, to just want to be rich and use all your money for yourself and be selfish. Everybody knows that that's wrong. But we're weak. We're sinful people. We don't have the power yeah. to have victory over that sin, unless God, the Holy Spirit, comes and, and works in us to give us victory over that. You know, and and it's. We pierce ourselves through with many sorrows. We drown. Uh, it drowns men in destruction and perdition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we really have to ask, so do we want to be rich? You know, Do we want to be rich? Because
1: when it says it's, it's not the
0: money. the
1: money.
0: A lot of people say, right, right what yeah, money can buy. Right,
1: but it's the love of, love the of money. money. Right, yeah, exactly.
0: Right. Yeah, correct. Like yeah.
1: we're saying you can use money to, to help people, yep, you know, help exactly. the church or yep. you know, help feed the hungry sure. and all that. Yep. But when you covet that, you know, yep. it's that's I, what the, I All
0: know, the time, be myself and I. In
1: Colossians 3 5 says
0: covetousness is his idolatry. Yep.
1: Idolatry. Yeah, exactly.
0: Idolatry. And that's because, you know, a covetous man, they make mammon his god and.
1: Again, I think That's that it. I
0: think it That's has it. to do too with that security you feel from money, yeah. which we're supposed to be getting from God.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. you take the Ten Commandments and you start with idolatry, right, the first one is you know have the Lord your God, right, and then you get all the way to the very end, and you get to covetousness, and you like wrap around again. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Because the, the last one is, which is idolatry, which is the first one. Is, yeah. You know, right. right?
0: And those, those verses in Colossians mm-hmm. 3 and Ephesians 5, I think. Been there. Ephesians 5. Nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ right. and of God. So it's a serious thing.
1: Serious. You know, really? that just take,
0: like this is take, destruction, perdition.
1: Take the place of God. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so the self-examination is always good for us was, in these right. things. But you know, so it's... Uh, there was a missionary, um, Jim Elliott, remember? Um, he had that famous, he put it in his diary. He was killed in, the, I think it was Ecuador when he was, they were trying to witness to the tribes there. Mm-hmm. And he said, he is no fool that, or, that gives up what he can't keep to gain what he can't lose. Mm-hmm. You know, It's not hard to give up what you can't keep when you right. gain what you can't lose. And if we can only keep that in our minds. you right. know. So turn to Psalm 49, I'll read some... Because there in First uh, Timothy six, you know, it said we we were um, naked, we came in without anything, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. You know, certain. I mean, it's it's guaranteed, and everybody knows that.
1: But we. don't See no uh, tractor trailers behind no fuel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, remember the uh, remember
0: the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> The pharaohs in Egypt, remember, they buried them in their tombs the tomb with all their riches. Right. We dug it, it up thousands of years later. There it still was, you know, right. all that, right. all that gold it's and there. jewelry, it's still right. there. They didn't right. use it. They didn't use Great any leaders. of it. But yeah, Psalm 49. I'll start reading in verse six. Well, even verse uh, one and two, the beginning of the psalm, God says, "Hear this, all you people. Give ear, all you inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor, together." So, hey, that's us. We're inhabitants of the world. We're, we're all people, we're part of all people. We're low and high, rich and poor, or in between. So he's speaking to everybody. In verse 6, he says, They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their soul is precious and it ceaseth forever, that he should still live forever and not see corruption. For he seeth that wise men die, likewise the fool, and the brutish person perish, and leave their wealth to others. Their inward thought, and God knows our inward thoughts, This this is how we think. Their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever and their dwelling places to all generations they call their lands after their own names hmm. nevertheless man being in honor abideth not he's like the beasts that perish this their way is their folly i mean it's so foolish you can't take anything with you and yet we live like you can and it is so foolish yet their posterity, that's their children and the next generation and the next generation approve their sayings, because everybody still does it. You right. know, you think we'd have learned by now, after so many generations, that yeah, our parents left everything to us and we're going to leave it all, and yet we we live as if this world is everything. Verse 14, like sheep they are laid in the grave; death shall feed on them, and the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning, and their beauty shall consume in the grave from their dwelling. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me, Selah. Be not not thou afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dies, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. Though while he lived, he blessed his soul, like that rich man in Luke 12. You say to my soul, soul, you've got many goods laid up for many years. And men will praise thee when thou doest well to thyself. And, oh, you know, people praise those that, you know, oh, he did real good. He's got this great job. And, oh, he's got a nice house. and Oh, yeah, he's doing so well. You know, men love to praise other men, especially the successful men. The way the world sees success, you know. It's all a big, fat lie. Verse 19, he shall go to the generation of his fathers. They shall never see light. Man that is in honor and understandeth not is like beasts that perish. And so there again, God says, when you die, you carry nothing away. Same thing that Job said. Job said, naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. And even and go over to Ecclesiastes chapter five, there's another one. I and mean, God says this in several places. It's so obvious and yet, I don't know, we just don't get it, we just don't get it. We don't get it. No, Ecclesiastes chapter five in verse 10. I'll start reading in verse 10, 10 to 20. Ecclesiastes 5, verse 10. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof, saving the beholding of them with their eyes? The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much. But the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. There is a sore evil which I have seen under the sun. Namely, riches kept for the owners thereof to their hurt. But those riches perish by evil travail. And he begetteth the son, and there's nothing in his hand. They lose it all. As he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came. And shall take nothing of his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. And this also is a sore evil, that in all points as he came, so shall he go. And what profit hath he that hath labored for the wind? All his days also he eateth in darkness, and he hath much sorrow and wrath with his sickness. Behold that which I have seen. It's good and comely for one to eat and to drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor, that he taketh under the sun all the days of his life which God giveth him, for it is his portion. Every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth, and hath given him power to eat thereof, and to take his portion, and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. For he shall not much remember the days of his life, because God answers him in the joy of his heart. So you see, all the labor that we take on earth, and we and God here clearly says to eat and to drink, to enjoy the good in your labor, that's that's. A portion that God's giving you—that's a gift from God. He doesn't have to give us that at all. You know, we're, we're sinners; we deserve the wrath. All you know, to be damned. Uh, you know, we all should be dead already in that sense. But God is very gracious and, and patient, and so God answers us in the joy of our heart. That's all you get. So when when we do earthly things and we we work and we enjoy the good in our labor and we, we can eat have a nice meal and have friends and family, anything on the earth that we enjoy, your enjoyment of that ends when that's over. You know, that, that that's what it is. It's not eternal. Yeah, right. And so the portion that God gives to all men, it's that I mean that's what he says, every man also to whom God has given riches and wealth and has given him power to eat thereof, because there are those that have stuff and they don't get the power to eat through You know, they, you know maybe they get robbed, you know, and, you know they work hard and, yeah. and lose it all somehow. And, and, but those that, you know, all the enjoyment that we do get, that is a gift of God. And we don't want to despise yeah. that. And yet in our covetousness, we're not satisfied, yeah. you know, because yeah. it does, yeah. wow. it goes away. That's why every week you got to seek it again. You know, you had a nice dinner last night. Oh, well, we really enjoyed it. Today I got hungry again, you know. It's like, and I got to go after it again. And it's just, and then you'll never be satisfied with these earthly things. And only God can truly satisfy our hearts because our soul, you know, God is the only one that will satisfy our soul because that guy's the only one that's compatible with our soul. Our soul is our body. Yeah. Earthly, you can feed the flesh, you know, all you want, but the soul needs God. The soul needs God to be satisfied. And and notice he said there, what profit hath he that hath labored for the wind? Go to Mark chapter eight, where Jesus uh, so what, what should it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but lose his own soul? In Mark chapter 8, verse 34 to 38. Mark 8, verse 34. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the Gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? That was like Psalm 49. You know, that they can't, you can't, a rich man can't pay for your soul, can't redeem your brother. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And so, you know, again, this is, it seems to be very obvious, you know, that, yeah, of course, if you gain the whole world, but then you lose your own soul, that, yeah, there's no profit there. You've really been a fool. You've really played the fool. And that's in that parable. Jesus said, God said to the rich man, you fool! Because this night, tonight, tonight, your soul is is required. I'm taking your soul out of your body tonight. Then who shall those things be which thou has provided? You're leaving them all to somebody else. And in Ecclesiastes, you know, Solomon, uh, he, uh, you know, moaned that he could work so hard, and then you leave it all to somebody else. And who knows whether they're going to be a wise guy, a wise man, or a fool? They could blow it all in a day. And I worked all my life for those right. riches, you know, and they just wasted them all. But, you know, that's it's. it's and, and our soul is so valuable. And I think I like that on Brother Mark's track at the, at the end, he says, please don't ignore your, own, your soul, your own soul. You know, and that's that's what we do before we say we're walking in darkness. We're just ignoring our soul right. that, that that eternal value. And we make ourselves worthless. We throw it all away for what? What, what sin is it that we're, we can't give up? You know, we just got to, we greedily covet all day long. And then in the end, we're left empty handed. Uh, so God, he tells us that he wants us to be content with what we have. In Hebrews chapter 13, Hebrews 13, verse 5. In Hebrews 13, verse 5, he says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And you know, remember the Apostle Paul said he learned in whatsoever state he was in to be content. You have to learn that because our sinful nature, we don't know that, you know. So it's something God has to teach us. And to be content whether you have little or whether you have much and turn to proverbs chapter 30 you know nobody it's not nobody desires to be poor that's not what we're saying it's not like oh i wish i had poverty you know no that's not that's not that's not what it means and in proverbs 30 it even says this in proverbs 30 i'll read verses 7 to 9 in proverbs 30 verse 7 he says two things have I required of thee deny me them not before I die remove far from me vanity and lies give me neither poverty nor riches feed me with food convenient for me lest I be full and deny thee see when we get full we, we forget God we say who is the Lord or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my god in vain and so i think that's i think that's very true i think that's how god um would have us to have that attitude that mindset of give me neither riches nor poverty just feed me what's convenient for me what 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 is what i need and what's good for me and you know because if i have too much i'll deny you and say who's the lord i'm i'm doing Find by myself, wow, right. you know, or lest I be poor and then I steal and take God's, you know, and start cursing God because I, I have nothing, you know. And so it's a it's a good prayer. It's it's like a prayer. He's asking God uh, yeah. for that. And and there's several we can go through uh, several proverbs uh, where God will say it's better to have a little, you know, with the Lord
1: right. than to have
0: the riches with the wickedness, yeah. you know. So look at. Um, Psalm 37, 16. There's several like these. My God will say it's, a, it's better, better, better to have to have a little. With righteousness, of course. Psalm 37, 16. Psalm 37, 16. A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked about Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15. 16 and 17. Proverbs 15. 16 and 17. Proverbs 15. 16. It says. Better is little. With the fear of the Lord. Than great treasure. And trouble therewith. Better is a dinner of herbs. You know, you don't even got any meat. You're just Mm -hmm. eating lettuce. Dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. How about Proverbs 16? the page, Proverbs 16, verse 8. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. Proverbs 17, another next page. Proverbs 17, verse 1. Better is a dry morsel and quietness therewith. Than a house full of sacrifices with strife. About Proverbs 28. Verse 6. Proverbs 28. Verse 6. Proverbs 28. 6. Better is the poor that walketh in his uprightness. Than he that is perverse in his ways. Though he be rich. And then even in Ecclesiastes. There's another one. Better is a handful with quietness. Than both the hands full. With travail and vexation of spirit. And so there's several times, you know, this it's not just once or twice. God, several times, he's just repeating it to us that it's better not to have so much, yeah. but to have the Lord, right. you know, than to have all of the abundance that you want. You'll never be satisfied with it, right. and to end up it's under always, the wrath to come.
1: like yeah. Proverbs thirty, verse eight. Remove yeah. far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches.
0: Okay. Right. Yep. We exactly.
1: Convenient for
0: me. Yep. Amen. Yeah, exactly that's, yeah, that I mean, should be, our, be right yeah
1: that also.
0: yeah we don't we shouldn't desire to be homeless yeah that's not what God means be but, right be content that's that's the key content. word is contentment. Yeah. content and, right. and then we'll um one more idea at the end uh, to close with is Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive remember and so in 1st right. Timothy 6 1 Timothy 6, back there, where God was talking about how the love of money is the root of all evil. And yet, he tells the rich to be rich in good works. In 1 Timothy 6, verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. Remember in verse seven, it's certain we can carry nothing out of this world. But here it's it, the, the riches are uncertain for sure. There's, a, there's even a proverb where riches make themselves wings and fly away, you know, Riches, riches will go away very quickly. But it says, you know, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute willing to communicate laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life and you know in ephesians 4 god says that we were to labor so that we have to give to him that needed you know and so that's what the the blessing really is in giving jesus wasn't uh you know jesus wasn't lying i mean he, he knows the truth it really is more blessed to give than to receive you know the liberal soul shall be made fat. God says. You know if you're very generous, and right. he that watereth shall be watered himself. It says right. in the Proverbs. And so the more we give, yeah. the, the, the you blessing mean, you'll right. be blessed. Now I'm not saying God, will, like the, the prosperity, you know, you right. give so much, he'll pay you back don't you right. Right. Yeah. And it's just right. the covetous heart, you know. Right. All over it. To get the money. Yeah, to get the money. That's not what he means. Right. But right. go over to Second Corinthians chapter nine.
1: Wait, isn't that something uh, things oh, in the Old Testament no. about like you, know, you yeah. have holes in you yeah you put know, them in the ah, it in a bag with holes in Haggai ah, yeah,
0: chapter yeah. 1 right. Okay, yeah, right yeah you earn wages to put it in a bag with holes, holes yep right. That's the, they, they make themselves wings riches fly right. away you know you have it one day and tomorrow you may not have any of it it's uh, they really are fleeting but here in Second Corinthians 9 God talks about how he loves a cheerful giver mm-hmm. and, um, and and You know, we give not because we have to, but because we want to. And we do it very deliberately, on purpose. We're we're very liberal in our giving. We're not stingy like the covetous are. The covetous would be very stingy because they want to keep it for themselves. But in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 5, it says, Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And so that's a principle, you know, when we give because we want to, we're giving on purpose. Every man according has a purpose, it's not like it's just as suddenly, oh, yeah, I can give. Right. No, but no, you really are thinking it through like when you what you have, you're you're constantly thinking, yeah, how can I use this? Who can help I help? Somebody. Who has a need? Right. I mean, you know, let me do uh, let me help somebody. and and we do it very cheerfully, not grudgingly, right, you right, know, right. and not of necessity. Exactly. Not because you have yeah. to, somebody's twisting your arm or, or, not, or just because you want to look good, you, you know. Or like the
1: prosperity creatures. You, to get paid back. You, yeah, you get paid yeah, back. Right,
0: yeah. yeah. And that's uh, very deceptive because yeah. right. Right. they make the people feel like they're doing, doing good, good. But right. it's really just for themselves anyway. And yeah. so it's all messed up, you know. And exactly. But yeah, and God there, that principle that he lays down in verse 6, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. You know, and we can all, I mean, I, I wish, uh, we desire to be even more generous. We want to be as giving as we can, you know, and not have in the back of mind, all right, but I need a little bit, left. I need some for this, for myself. you know. Just give and let God work it out, you know. Now we all have needs, and we have to pay our bills. Again, don't misunderstand right. what I'm saying. It's just we definitely want to have a very giving heart, and if, if and it's not according to what you don't have, it's a, it's according to what you do have. Right. And go to Mark chapter 12, where Jesus talked about the poor widow casting in her two mites. Mark chapter twelve verses forty one to forty four Mark twelve forty one and Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two months, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. And so again, Jesus showing how God views things, you know, because we would view the rich. Of course, they put it in. I mean, two mites, a farthing, that's like pennies. Like that's nothing, you know, but she's saying, oh, no. Yeah, exactly. She gave from her heart and she gave it out of her want. She gave all her living. So she did not reserve to herself stuff for her, her own needs. She said, no, I want this to go to God and let the Lord, the Lord will take care of me. And that's that yeah, remember you ever hear about george yeah, yeah. mueller how he had that, that orphanage and he would give you know he would um one time they had nothing they had nothing left nothing to eat and all the children were sitting around the table they put all the plates down right. you know even though they had nothing there was um, no food left right I said, Hey, god will provide for us you know and then knock 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 that's on the door right. the guy, yeah i thought maybe you could use all this food you know that i had i forget the exact circumstances but that's how it was
1: he really was it
0: was amazing how george Mueller really did trust the lord to provide for his needs, and um, yeah, that was, was very commendable. Um, but yeah, this this um, poor widow um, can teach us a lesson for sure, you know, and um, not to uh, to trust God. He will provide for all our needs. He's committed to that. He says he's, he's he's committed to that. I will take care of all your needs, so you can go believing, and, and anything that you have over and above. Feel free to give it right. to others that have needs, right. and don't feel like you're don't feel insecure when you do that. Right. You know, let your security from money go go away. Let that right. take your security in me. I'll take care of you. Because right. I know myself. You know, I've had times where you know, like where your job you get threatened with a layoff and all right. the are coming. Right. I get all uneasy. You know, it's like right. what's going to happen? Right. I, gotta, I got to I got to pay the pay the bills and. Right. You know, it's like it's terrible. I'm terrible. I'm so weak in that area. Well, you know he has us that way so you can come to him. Yeah, Amen. Oh, exactly. Right. It does it makes you pray. It definitely does. Yeah. Amen. That's yeah. true. Yeah. It's uncomfortable and yet it does yeah. drive you yeah. to your knees yeah. and you call on God. And so right. may He help us all to just to trust in Him. Mm-hmm. And That's it. to serve one right.
1: another. Yeah. And there's so many avenues we have that we can give and yeah. really yeah. help people. Yep, exactly. Yep, Amen.
0: Yeah, you're not doing wrong when you when you truly want to help somebody, right. Right. And, and whether even physical needs or spiritually, of course. It's uh, God says, it "Be rich in good works."
1: Right.
0: But only, of course, it's all the Holy Spirit working in us. Right. None of us, none of us
1: ourselves are all unless, the Holy, unless the Holy Spirit,
0: Spirit works in That's us. It because you know, we're all still in this flesh. Heart yeah, to give yep. so. Yeah, exactly. Notice that's how the world talks to you. They have a heart to give. That's exactly because mm-hmm. it comes out of your heart. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a child of God, of course, yeah. that's, um, it, it should be from the heart. And right. uh, not grudgingly or of necessity, but God loves a
1: cheerful giver. You see some of these, I wonder really what motivates them. I know one of the things, but, you see how it's like a guy like Warren Buffett. And yeah. A couple of, it's a, it's a crew of, I think, four or five of them mm. that give a lot of money
0: out of to, their abundance. Right. Right. To yeah. different,
1: you know, yeah. charities. Millions of dollars, I'm right sure. There. Yeah. But then a lot of that is just a tax.
0: A tax write right off. off, yeah, sure. You know? Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the poor widow casting <laughs> under two months. Right. There. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: It's so yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. But again, it's, it's really where's what? What do we value? I mean, right. If we have a covetous heart, we value you know, our own pleasure and our selfishness and earthly things. Or do we value eternal matters? Right. You know, are we laying up treasure in heaven? Yeah. That's what right. Jesus said. Lay up yeah. treasure yeah. in heaven. Right. Remember Esau? He sold his birthright for what?
1: Right. For, for pottage. Right. Something
0: to eat. Yeah. Something to eat. Right. So that's what he valued. Right. Yeah, no
1: value. He didn't is. value
0: the birthright. He despised his birthright. Right. And what does it say in Hebrews? In Hebrews twelve about him? It says, uh, "Don't be like Esau, right. who for one morsel Don't of meat me sold me. his sold the blessing, right. yeah, yeah, no, sold his birthright. Just one morsel of meat. That's what he. That's what he gave up. And Judas, he sold Christ for a while. Right. Thirty pieces he, of silver. He end up going ended back, up, back. Yeah. Before right. they even crucified right. Jesus, he he went right back. Right. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't too long after, and he went back in and said, I betrayed the innocent blood, right. but for 30 pieces of silver, pieces he betrayed Christ. That's it. Yeah. You know? Or like Achan, remember in the old, in Jericho, it says he saw the Babylonish garment right. yeah. and the he wedge of gold. The gold, and he says, he, I coveted it, you know? right. and I took it, because
1: right. I wanted it. Right. I wanted it so bad. It cost him his life, his whole family, yep. everything. Yeah, stoned right. him to death.
0: Right. And it's a uh, I think every one of us can covet after different things. It's
1: really, it's, it have to be so, yeah. Hearts are so deceptive that we, we can give away almost everything. We can keep just enough to make, us, yeah. make ourselves feel good. Right? Right. Right. Yeah. So we, we end up playing games with ourselves. Yeah. You can think I'm so good, but right. really, I'm but not. Really I'm, y- so y- really, y- yeah. I'm so covetous, yeah. like I don't even understand how this yeah. my heart is. I think we all,
0: I mean, right. I know I struggle, but I mean, it's, it's,
1: you know, it's, you don't really think about that much. No,
0: it's not, it's not um, a common thing to talk about. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah no, but it's all through the Bible about the deceitfulness yeah. of riches, riches, riches. Yeah.
1: All
0: right, well, should we close in prayer then? All right. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord God, we thank you for the Lord Jesus, who though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that we through his poverty might be rich. And Lord, we pray and thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he, he truly gave of himself and didn't hold anything back. And we just praise you for the great salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we do pray that your Holy Spirit... Would work in us more and more to live for you and not ourselves. Father, forgive us for selfishness. Forgive us for covetousness. Lord, help us, help us, Lord, to get all our security in you. Lord, we are truly safe in you. The, your name is a strong tower, and we can run into it and are safe. Help us not to trust in money, not to trust in anything we have in the bank, nothing like that. Lord, help us to get all our security in you, and we know you will, you will. Take us to glory, and you will bring us home to, with to be with you forever and ever, so help us to give up this world, help us to, to not to live detached from the world Lord, help us to be attached to you and Father, we just pray for your help, we pray you bless again, brother Mark, be with him as he travels, and we just pray you go with him in Jesus name, amen.